I'm SP from Better Podcasting, a show dedicated to help make your podcast better. And it is part of the Get a Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other insightful and wonderful geeky shows at guineageeknetwork.com. Oh, it's cool, it's nothing, two seconds. <sighs> hey, Macy, this is uncharacteristic behavior for you, Miss Icewater in her veins, super chill. You pushed me too far, Lenny. You made me lose it in front of a client. I could get fired. Are we still friends? I don't know, Lenny. You see, friendship is more than one person constantly doing favors for another. I know that. I, I don't hustle my friends. Hey, what is you? just suck people along with your schemes, your scams, and your slick act. We're still buddies, aren't we? Don't just be using the time that I'm talking to be thinking about what you're going to say next. You listening? Yeah. Lenny, your ass is always broke. You go from one score to the next, and you're getting strung out. You don't even see it. It's your brain, so you do whatever the hell you want with it. But not on my watch, you understand me? I got a child, I got rent, and I got an ex-husband doing hard time who doesn't send me a dime of support. I'm just trying to hold on here. I, I know you wouldn't be saying all this if you didn't care about me. Thanks, Mace, really. You're getting out with the Mitsu, and that's the end. everyone, and welcome to Smoking and Drinking in Space. This is a sci-fi podcast from a couple guys who think they know sci-fi. And this week, we discuss the cyberpunk film that literally parties like it's 1999, starting Ray Fiennes, Angela Bassett, Juliette Lewis, and Tom Sizemore. It's 1995's Strange Days. But first, he's the low-rent editor who promises recordings instead of candy to get you into his van. It's Rob. How are you doing, Rob? I'm doing all right. Um... It's not Ray Fines. It is Ray Fines. No, it's Ralph. No, Fiennes. it's it's Ray Fines. It's pronounced Ray Fines. Really? Yes, his first name is pronounced Rafe. Rafe. Okay, so it sounded like you were saying Ray. No, Fiennes. no, no. Rafe Fines. Rafe Fines. Okay. Well, then uh, I do have a question. Um, and uh, before we get started, uh, so. When did you watch this? Um, today? Which time? The most recent one was today, yes. Was today, yeah, yeah. So so you didn't do it early like you threatened to do on Discord. Nope, I sure didn't. You sure didn't. Yeah. yeah I, see, I, I thought I was pretty safe in assuming that that wouldn't happen. <laughs> oh, were I, you? I, I know you a little too well, I guess. You know? Really? Well, next time... Next time. Yeah, next time it's it's just going to happen. Or okay. is it? Well, well, I would hope it would because next time I I know what we're watching and I know that you can't hold off on it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so so yeah. Yeah, I don't think you're going to you're going to wait cuz I know normally cuz uh spoiler we're not we're not uh recording on our normal day for this one. Um, this is normally the day that you reserve to watch the show that we do for Satic. Right. Right. And you have nothing to do to prep for that one other than go and find news. True. True. So you just do it right before it's time to go. Uh, sometimes I do it a little early. Uh, a little earlier in the day? 
Or earlier in the week, yeah, if I think oh, about earlier. it. Okay. Uh, that's not very often. I mean, there's a lot of times when you're like, oh, yeah, I need to watch. And then I get a text. <laughs> hey, uh, I'm going to be about 10, 15 minutes late. Oh, movie ran longer than you expected? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. You got any news for us this week? I do. I came prepared. Well, and what do you got? You'd be happy to know that a lot of this is science slash sci-fi based. Unpossible. Unpossible, but is so possible. So the first one, uh, this was published from Science Alert on February 10th, 2023. Uh, there is a galaxy out there. Uh, the galaxy's name is Fast. Oh, I was going to guess zero, Ted, but... Yeah, no, no. Um, fast, J0139 plus 4328. Um, That's I a mouthful. It is. I, now, I did they change their name to that after, you know, they later on in their life, or is that what's on their birth certificate? I think that's what's on their birth certificate, but they do go by Ted. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. well, that makes sense. Well, yeah. Um, anyway, so there is uh, typically a galaxy is normally a big, you know, black hole at the center um, with a bunch of stars and gas and dark matter that helps glue everything together and make. You were just talking about your Taco Bell exploit from last night. Well, yes, um, I am, but it, it also equates to you know how a galaxy typically looks. Well, uh, Ted is not your typical galaxy. Um, he was recently discovered. Uh, it is a dwarf galaxy located just a mere 94 million light years away. Oh, is that it? Just, just a mere 94 million. Um, Shit, that's close enough. It should start being charged rent. Well, we're neighbors, right? Um, anyway... Apparently, there is um, there's no light emitting from this particular galaxy. Um, in fact, there uh, there's no optical light and barely any light at all. So maybe like you know, uh, you know, ultraviolet and all that kind of stuff. You know, the 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 can't see light, right? Um, Barely admitting any light at all from this particular galaxy. Um, so it is known, uh, apparently it is known as a dark galaxy. Um, and it's made mostly of dark matter. Really? Yeah. So that's, that's kind of, it's kind of interesting. Huh. Um, and, and how... How did they determine that this was made mostly from dark matter just because of Maybe what they're calculating as, as the yeah. mass of the galaxy and the fact that it's not emitting any kind of other electromagnetic energy? Um, so, so they're assuming, they're, uh, it looks like they, the, the scientists or the astronomers that are, are looking at this, um, it, they're, they assume or they hypothesize that it is made up mostly of dark matter. Um, that is really the only explanation for the weird 
discrepancy between the normal um, the between the amount of normal or baryonic matter that obs- that is obser- observed and the strength of the gravity required to hold it all together apparently i uh, okay so they're they're using some f- newfangled um math um <laughs> newfangled math sure sure why not they're using i don't some think fancy- that's how that works Okay, well, they're using some fancy math that I don't know about um, to to so like determine addition? all this stuff. Uh, I'm okay with the di- addition. It's the subtraction that gets me. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, and apparently the reason why it's called FAST is because um, the, the, the astronomers in China um, used the 500-meter aperture spherical radio telescope to find this particular um, galaxy. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, what else you got? Um. Well, on February 9th, um, this was reported uh, that our sun broke. I'm sorry. What? Yeah. Yeah. A piece of sun broke off and has stunned scientists. <laughs> I told you to stop getting articles from the onion. Well, this wasn't on the onion. Uh, scientists were left baffled after material broke off of the sun's surface and created a tornado-like swirl around its northern pole. This remarkable phenomenon uh, was caught by SP. Uh, I'm sorry, NASA, <laughs> on the uh, James Webb Space Telescope and uh, was uh, tweeted by a space weather forecaster. Uh, the the space weather forecaster tweeted, talk about polar vortex. Material from a northern prominence just broke away from the main filament and is now circulating in a massive polar vortex around the north pole of our star. Implications for understanding the sun's atmospheric dynamics above 55 degrees here cannot be overstated. Okay, wait a second. They have the James Webb telescope pointed at the sun. I, I guess I didn't think they did. I thought it was. Pointed I thought it was pointed outward. Outward, yeah. So I'm not. I'm not sure. Maybe do maybe, they have some like inward facing equipment that actually looks maybe, at the sun? I don't. Maybe SP. I don't know. SP, can you tell us? You know they're doing they're doing live chat on better podcasting <laughs> right now. We could try to <laughs> Shanghai their uh, their podcast. No, we're not going to Shanghai no? their podcast. Oh, right man, now. like get in there on their live chat. Hey, SP, I need you to jump into Discord real fast, <laughs> please. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. Yeah, no. So, um, un- unusual activity typically typically occurs at the sun's 55 degree latitudes once every 11, uh, 11 year solar cycles. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is, this apparently is outside of their normal solar cycle. So it's kind of throwing them into a little bit of a tizzy. So, mm. yeah. And say, but what, what caught my eye was the whole, you know, a piece of sun broke off. I'm like, what? Yeah, that sounds dumb. <laughs> It does. It, it does. I, but you know, I don't know. I don't know what it is. But a piece broke off. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What else you got? All right. So this is a this is a two parter. Um, 
I, I don't know why, uh, but it's a two-parter. Um, so on sci-fi.com. Oh, good God. <laughs> yeah, this, this is weird. Uh, apparently, Jupiter is having babies. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So astronomers have just announced um, there are 12 more previously undiscovered moons around Jupiter. So, so they're, they're moons that are small enough that our equipment up until now hasn't been able to detect them? Apparently, or or, they, or it has just recently grabbed asteroids right. and whatnot, or and that now has yeah has more moons. Um, so which one was it originally? I think. Um, hold on there. All right. So originally, or here for a while, Jupiter's moon count has been sitting at eighty, and uh, Saturn has been sitting at eighty-three moons, um, and here. Uh, just a couple years, apparently a couple years of hard work by an international group of astronomers, um, have located uh, a few more moons, 12 more, and we can jump Jupiter's moon count up to 92. Uh, they hid from view for so long because they are comparatively small and most of them are pretty far away from the planet. Uh, they range in size from 0.6 to 2 miles in diameter. <laughs> and they're calling those moons? Uh, uh, apparently, because I guess to be a moon, you just have to circle the planetary body. Um, and they were discovered using telescopes in Hawaii and Chile uh, between the years 2021 and 2022. Well, I mean, but we um, have a bunch of space junk and shit that circles our planet. Those aren't yeah, we, moons. Uh, they're man-made moons, I guess. Um, after their discovery, the astronomers needed to do some additional observations uh, until they completed a full orbit to make sure that they were actually moons and not just something passing by. Um, while these moons orbit in the same direction as the rest of the Jovian system, nine of the 12 have retrograde orbits. Um, meaning that they move in the opposite direction of everything else. So it suggests that they might have formed somewhere else in the solar system and been captured. Yeah, I figured that's probably yeah. the the yeah. case. Jupiter's now, a big fucking planet. Yeah, Jupiter's just having babies. So, and uh, and I said that this was a two part uh, two part news article. Yeah, because the first uh, the first paragraph on this says, um, "Hey, check out the Ark. It's a, the latest science fiction uh, adventure from uh, Dean Devlin. It uh, streams on Peacock. Uh, it started in the uh, February February first. Um, so it is. Uh, uh, they join the crew the." The crew of Ark-1 is on their way to a distant planetary colony around another star. The human crew and passengers are stored in stasis pods, sleeping soundly when the ship suffers an impact in deep space. The ensuing damages wake up some of the passengers, but it also knocks loose one of the bays, cutting the remaining passengers off from anyone who knew how to run the ship. So, <laughs> wait a second. Something hits this ship, and the only people yep, that know yep. how to run the ship are actually broken off from the ship and yeah. not awake. And the people uh, that did wake up have no fucking clue what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. That sounds um, like a shit show. 
Yeah, so they've made it a good distance, but they have a year left in their journey and only enough provisions for a few weeks. So the question is, what are they going to do about it? We we must watch. Me? Cannibalism. <laughs> I was about to say, how many of them are there? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know, but that's, that's the... <laughs> Who's going to draw the short straw? Yeah, I don't know if this is like a miniseries that is... Uh, you know, kind of a one season type of deal, but uh, yeah, it sounds kind of intriguing. But you know, it was in the same article about the moons, which I thought was weird. Leave that to sci-fi for you, I guess. Advertising is weird to you. Well, no, it's just adver- it's just weird that that was in the first. Uh, uh, let's see, that was the first paragraph. The second paragraph is like, "Hey, we uh, tip our hats to the uh, intrepid explorers willing to brace the trials of deep space." It's like well, it's a show, fuckers. <laughs> um, speaking of deep space, uh, Jupiter has has more moons now. <laughs> Put that okay. Jeez, that's a segue. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Because the title talks about the moons, and then the picture is a screen capture from the Ark. And so it com- completely confused me until Which I read it. Isn't really hard to do, but yeah, that is kind of confusing. But, uh, yeah. Because it, yeah. So, yeah, that's that. All right. Yeah. Who's ready for a pod crawl? Um, sure. All right. Let's do this. We can call it, I don't know, say a pod. Crawl? The pod crawl! Pod crawl! Pod crawl! Pod crawl! Excellent! Insert it deep! Pod crawl! Kind of like a space suppository full of information. It's 1999, and Los Angeles is yet again pictured as a chaotic war zone of a city. Three of the dumbest criminals in history decide to rob a Chinese restaurant and record the event for posterity, or for evidence, one of the two. It ends up with the documentarian falling to his death since he doesn't know how to take a running jump, and Lenny is none too pleased because he doesn't like snuff films. That's right, Lenny was reliving the recording made from the dumbass criminal's brain beams. In this 1999, you can record yourself like you have a GoPro taped to your forehead and anyone else can play it back as if they were living it through your experience. However, this technology is black market since the government doesn't allow fun, so Lenny sells these experiences to the masses. But Lenny doesn't deal in snuff, so he passes on Grand Theft Dumbass. Later, after a deal gets blown by his best friend Max, who fancies himself a private dick, he gets a visit from Iris, one of his experienced creators. She tells him that she is in trouble and has something in his car he needs to see. But when a cop car comes cruising up the road, she vanishes like a thought. Unfortunately, Lenny can't investigate further since his car gets towed. He calls up his other friend Mace, he only has two, and she comes to pick him up so he can try and get her fired. She takes him to a nightclub where his ex is about to sing a light-hearted melody about dumping someone and gets thrown out twice, the second time accompanied by a beating. Mace starts to drive him home to sleep off his concussion, but he decides to watch a disc left for him at the club and it turns out to be a recording on Iris's brutal murder. They rush to the hotel where she was killed to find her being carted off to the morgue. They take it to his blood-sucking editor to see if he can figure out who made the recording, but that turns out to be a dead end. Lenny remembers that Iris had something for him to watch, so they raid the impound lot where his towed car is and find another disc. Lenny watches an activist and rapper get executed by the police during a traffic stop that Iris was a part of as she runs off. Lenny calls in Max to work his connections in the police department to find out more information, and he goes home to take a nap. 
The next morning, he gets another disc delivered to him of the creeper that killed Iris, watching him sleep and showing him where he missed a spot shaving. So he grabs Mace and her son and they head over to her brother's house, where Mace also watches the recording, a first time for her. They follow their tales for a little while more, find out that Lenny's ex knew about the recording and was trying to keep Lenny out of it, and they try and drag her to hide her away, but her new domineering boyfriend doesn't want to be dateless on New Year's Eve. Later, they attend the party of the century where Lenny goes to rescue Faith again, and Mace shows the deputy commissioner the execution recording. Lenny reaches Faith's suite slash prison where he finds yet another recording, this one mimicking the murder of Iris, only with Faith as the victim. But it turns out it was all a setup by Max, he was the one who killed Iris, because Faith's boyfriend wanted both her and Faith dead. But the boyfriend didn't realize that Max was already boning Faith, so he cooked up this elaborate plan to frame his best friend for three different murders to cover his tracks Lenny and Max fight, Mace confronts the two cops who starred in the execution recording, and role Lenny finally gets over Faith by reciprocating Mace's feelings on a magical New Year's morning, credits. All right, 1995's Strange Days. So, um, what'd you think? Why, why is LA always on fire in <laughs> sci-fi movies? I don't know. I guess everybody just expects LA to kind of devolve down to it's, the, the yeah. basis of, of human emotion. It's either, it's either LA or New York. That that seems to always be like in but I chaos. Mean, really, even it's it's more L.A. than New York if you think oh, about it. it. I mean, it, I'm, it, I'm it trying is. to think. I can think of probably three or four movies just right off the top of my head that have L.A. and some uh, sort of you know near term future apocalyptic state. Yeah. And New York doesn't really fall into that. Now, New York is often portrayed as being totally abandoned and nature basically reclaims it in some form or fashion. Right, because it's the most easiest to recognize, you know, that or like Paris, you know, because you get the Eiffel Tower or whatever. But Right. Yeah, the, the, that's the easiest to recognize skyline. Um, or Or it ends up, Turning into like the capital of of whatever new government is out there, <laughs> right, right? You know, um, you know. So like like the expanse in New York was the capital of the Earth or UN or oh yeah, that's because that's where the UN was located. Yeah, right, right. And apparently UN took over everything. Um, but uh, I've never seen this until now. I do have to say, um, you know, it knew how to it knew how to hook me in. Yeah, I bet it did. (laughs) There was some boobies all over the place. Yes, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know that that was a bonus. Um, Overall, you know, I don't. I don't know what New Year's had to do with anything, but they sure... It was the, it was the whole millennial uh, yeah. fervor around the time. Yeah, but they sure did, like, play it up pretty heavy, you know, and that it was supposed to be a big deal, but it wasn't a big deal... Well, for so... The plot, I th- for the plot of the movie. No, it wasn't. But I think the... I think the transition from 1999 to 2000 in the movie was sort of an analogy to the transition of Lenny letting go of uh, faith and embracing Mace. Right. Mm 
So yeah. you're you're letting go of the old century. You're embracing the new century. It's it's kind of analogous to 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 Lenny's journey. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, but it's still it was still. I was waiting for. I was waiting for the times that showed up on the screen to mean something. And what they never mean? did. Well, because they kept showing they kept showing like the current time. Yeah, they were showing right. yeah, so they could keep you kind of informed as to how much time has passed. Because they they would do some stuff and then they would jump and so they wanted you to let let you know that it was still within this certain time frame. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it just it, it and and to clarify, it all happened in the last two days. Yeah, yeah. This only took yeah. place during two days worth of. Yeah, and I just want to let you know that as much as Wikipedia, holder of all knowledge, is quite quite decent at uh, you know giving you plots. Uh huh. Um, I want to. I'm going to read one sentence to you. Okay, and <laughs> okay. I want you to. I I want you to interpret interpret this. Um, as if you hadn't seen the movie. Okay. Okay. In the last two days of 1999, Los Angeles has become a dangerous war zone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it sounds more like the, it sounds more All like the Los Angeles. Loose. Yeah. It sounds more like the Los Angeles of Predator than it did of Strange Days. But yeah. But, but, and on top of that, it makes it sound like in the last two days of 99, LA just all hell broke loose for some strange reason. Right. And now, and now nobody's safe. But then in this movie, it's like, well, it's been happening for a long time. And apparently the cops can't contain it and neither can the army, the military. Cause th- th- there was martial law. I mean, there was guys in, 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 military uniforms throughout this entire movie. Yeah. And I'm wondering checkpoints. Yeah. And I'm wondering if that was just because of the new year's day or the buildup to the new year's day revelry. And that was kind of a temporary thing. So they, they may have called out some of the national guard to kind of help keep order. Or if that was kind of endemic of, of stuff that happened up to this point. Do now you they, think they, it was just there or was that everywhere? No, and and that that's what I was going to get to was they had also shown uh some of the uh some of the stuff that had happened before with uh the activist Jericho 1 and you know they were they were basically fighting a lot of the same shit that that they were fighting back then and and still fighting today. So, uh, you know, injustice things like that. And so I'm wondering if that was just more of a play for for that kind of in, uh, environmental setup or that that kind of uh, yeah that kind of environmental setup. It was it was more towards the backdrop just to kind of give you um, give the oh my god I'm I'm having trouble figuring out what I want to say here. To give you background and give you the the kind of the set dressing set yeah set dressing of of what's happening. Okay. Yeah, I just you know it didn't. 
kind of staging the scene, I guess. Right. And it does, honestly, I, I didn't think it was even necessary because, uh, I mean, they, Jericho won, yet he was trying to fight injustice and all this other stuff that, you know, frankly, it's, you know, it's still happening and, and you know, we still got issues. So it's not anything new. Um, it's not like they were, uh, like this is a new concept, right? It's not, it's not like, uh, I'm, I'm thinking of like Demolition Man where, um, you know, society is perfect, you know, to, there is no crime or whatever, you know, you right. get a, you get a ticket for saying a dirty word, right. um, you know, and then all of a sudden some element is brought in and this is just crazy. No, it's like, okay, the same crap, you know, this was made in 95 or it was released in 95. So the same crap in 95 is happening in 99. Well, yeah, no shit. You're not going to fix anything in four years. This right. is nothing new. Um, so it, it, you know, the whole, the whole chaos, riot, you know, burning cars in the middle of the street, cops everywhere, sort of stuff that they had going on to me was very unnecessary. It, it didn't, it didn't have anything to do with any of the plot in terms of the two cops that killed the rapper activist were just straight up, you know, pissed off dirty cops. You know, they were just, they were, they were bad cops. You, you don't have to have the end of the world for that to happen. And it's not like they were, you know, they, they weren't harping on the fact that, oh, you know, the Y2K bug or anything like that in this movie, really. You know, they were right. just, you just, you had some, you had some I think some the Y2K bug was that hot of an issue at this point. When this movie no. was made, I don't think the Y2K bug had really reared its head. But they had, they had taught, they kind of, not the bug itself, but they did talk about it being, you know, year 2000, new, new decade or new century. Everything is going to be weird well, yeah and a, and a lot of the yeah. people in the movie when when they were talking about you know the flip over to 2000 said it was going to be the end of the world i mean right and so that that kind of makes me think that this was it that society was actually declining in a lead up to this movie and it may right. have been due to the popularity of uh, what they were, what did they call that? What was the slang that they called that? Wiring or wired, yeah, wired or being wired or whatever, yeah. Um, of of playback, uh, squid, squid. Well, the squid was the the apparatus uh, that they used. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember what that stood for. Uh, yeah, sensory something. Yeah, yeah, um, but. And it, and it may have been that society was on a decline due to, you know, this, this playback uh, that was, that was happening. You know, everybody was kind of reliving others experiences through the squid or it may have just been, you know, they wanted to portray a, a kind of a, the beginnings of a dystopian society. I don't know, but yeah, there were a lot of people that, you know, expected, even in the movie expected, you know, the, the calendar to flip over to 2000 and the world would end. So Max right. being one of those. Yeah. 
Yeah. But it didn't happen. Spoiler. We're still yeah. here. Yeah, no, it didn't. Or it's yeah. just taking a really long time. Yeah, just give it give it some time. It'll come. Three thousand. You're three thousand. <laughs> Calendars are gonna reset again then. Yeah. So this had a fairly stacked cast even for the time. So uh, Ray Fine had just made his bones as um, the Nazi officer in Schindler's List, right? Angela Bassett yeah. was already established. She had already had an Academy Award nomination at this point. Yeah, you know, and I want to say that um, even now, because she's in... Um, Nine one one. It's a TV show. Um, man, she has aged well. She looks oh my the god, same yes. Now as she did then, yeah. You know, and, I mean, she was in Black Panther high. and all. Yeah, she was in Black Panther, but they like they made her old in Black Panther, right? They gave her gray hair and all that stuff, and and so it really didn't do her justice. But like in nine one one, and looking at her then, and then looking at her in this movie. I was like, "Damn, she hasn't she hasn't changed." No, no, she hasn't. She's gotten older. I, I'm impressed. Yeah, but, she's she's yeah. she's still an amazing actress, and yeah, she yeah. still looks really good. Still, even. still has still has those guns. I mean, she's got some she's got some good defined arms and everything like that. And even now, she does. So I mean, it's like, man, yeah, she keeps herself in shape. Of course, uh, Juliette Lewis has already been established at this point. Um, she was in vacation by this point. Uh, she had done Cape Fear. Uh, what else had she done? Uh, what, what's Eating Gilbert Grape? Uh, she was in Natural Born Killers at this point. So she had already had quite quite the career at this point as well. Yeah, you know this is a this is a nice 90s movie when it's just gratuitous um boobs booby shots yeah. yeah i mean yeah there were a lot of boobs oh, a lot of juliet lewis's boobs a whole lot of juliet lewis boobs you know and i don't think i don't i don't think we would have that now like we did then no i don't i, I don't, don't see it happening yeah i don't see that happening either it's just because things have changed. You know, there's not, there isn't necessarily gratuitous topless shots or whatever that I have noticed in, in current time. Well, would you, movies. would you call any of the shots in this movie gratuitous? Uh, well, me personally, well, no. Um, every <laughs> topless shot is well worth it and always needed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they, yeah. Essential, to, essential the, to the story, right? To the story, yes. I mean, now, now there might be some others out there that would say, you know, um, the fact that she was wearing a sequin dress that with her nipples sticking out of between the sequins <laughs> um, would be completely unnecessary. Uh, but I would not be one of those that would say <laughs> something like that. And some would say uh, taking the sequin dress off of your shoulders and draping it around your waist as you washed yourself, rinsed yourself off in the sink and felt up on your boobaloobies 
Um, and don't forget, she she lotioned be, them up too. And yeah. then and then you turned around and lotioned them up for everyone to see in that entire room would be completely unnecessary. But it wasn't. Um, some would say that the two lesbian lovers that um, were uh, taping themselves um, and getting good. Uh, boob shots would be completely unnecessary for the movie, but I wouldn't say it. It was essential. 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 Wouldn't be the same movie without it, right? It would not be. Some would even say that the uh, shot of the rape scene and ripping the shirt open was unnecessary and probably went just a tad bit too far. Um. I would say no, um, the scene itself maybe a little bit, but the, you know, you could have stopped at ripping the shirt and we would have figured out what was happening. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. So, uh, with some would say <laughs> that we would be a little upset that we did not get to see Angela Bassett, um, show a little bit of skin um, we did see quite a bit of thigh, though, from that dress yeah. that she wore at the end. Uh, but, uh, but you know, I thought it was done tastefully. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think the, not only the outfits. Some that- would say <laughs> that I've probably done this a little bit too long yeah. and I should probably let you keep going. Yeah. But I wouldn't. I would continue on. <laughs> Um, so the outfits that Faith wore, um, and the way that she casually, uh, you know, displayed her, her nudity, I, I think that was in character for, for that, that character. I think she, yeah. I think she played it well. I think that's, that's just who that character was. I mean, he stated that she started out or that he met her as a, as a runaway that was, you know, giving $20 blowjobs for smack. Right. Right. Yep. yep. So she's probably... Beyond she's the point moved. of caring if people are looking at her. Yeah, she's moved up to probably like $30 blowjobs. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. What's inflation like right now? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what a, a $20 blowjob in oh, 1995 uh, would be in today's days. Dollars. Well, I thought maybe you might know in, in terms of handies. Well, but a blowjob isn't a handy, right? That's, that's, that's true. That's true. You can't compare apples and oranges. Well, you can, but it'd be a little off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I mean, there was there was definitely a lot of sex and violence in this movie. Yeah, I don't think any of it was was really gratuitous, though. I think it all fell in line with the story. Um, yeah. Could you have cut some of it out and still basically had the same story? Maybe. Um, I'm trying to think of, because even even that lesbian scene where you have the two girls uh, going at it and they're recording it so that he can sell it off to clients, right? Right. Even right. that scene was was kind of necessary to the plot because it showed him actually creating or having people create this material for him, and he was giving them feedback. On their right. performance, right? Things that right, they could right. do. Hey, next time, look at the camera, right? Or, or what was it? Or say, or talk louder. Move, or move your eyes slower is basically move what he was slow. saying. Yeah yeah, 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 make love to the camera. Yeah. Well, basically, yeah. she is the camera, right? So, 
Um, so he was giving them pointers after he mm-hmm. had, you know, viewed the material and then paid them for whatever they had done. So mm-hmm. I think yeah. uh, I think even that wasn't necessarily gratuitous. Now, it certainly fit with the times, right? I don't mm-hmm. think we would see something like that today. I'm not sure what we would see. I don't know that this film could get made today. Well, I, yeah, I don't think so. I think it'd get... I mean, it would it would definitely be a different film. Yeah, yeah, different technology. Um, they they could have re they 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 could adapt the story to update it. I think um, they would need some sort of other um some sort of other medium uh, instead of a squid i think uh, because well i mean the, the squid is still i mean um, yeah we don't have that today we don't yeah um but they would have to it wouldn't be on laser discs <laughs> no um, it wouldn't it would be you know i'm sure that the machines would be smaller um yeah. it would be some sort it of flash Flash memory yeah. um, based storage device, yeah, yeah, and apparent apparently to do that, uh, Squid, you um, you are required to wear some sort of mullet wig or wig, uh, a long haired wig. No, that was just a bonus. Oh, is that okay? Sure. I mean, man, I thought I was thinking in this thing. I was like, damn, Sizemore got himself a head of hair. I didn't know he had that. <laughs> right. Yeah, it looked good. I mean, the wig looked good. It looked, it looked real. It didn't look like they, I didn't. Honestly, they I didn't yanked think it, it off was, his head. Right. I didn't think it was a wig. I thought it was like I was like, I didn't either. He had, he had hair back then. I was I was <laughs> trying to think of some of his roles back then, yeah. and I was like, no, 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 that's not right because he didn't have long hair in like Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, he had short hair then too, and I was. Just, and then I was trying to think. Well, did this come out before or after Saving Private Ryan? And I couldn't remember, and I still don't remember. But even around that time, let's. What did Sizemore do around that time? Uh, let's see. He has. Um, uh, let's see. Just before that, he had Wyatt Earp. Oh yeah, um, he didn't. He didn't have long hair and Wyatt Earp. Yeah, um, Passenger 57, Point Break. He was in Point Break. DE agent, Agent Dietz. That's so, right, he uh, was, yeah. Um, but yeah, it, even even just the year before Natural Born Killers, he didn't have long hair. He didn't have long hair in Wyatt Earp. Um, true Saving Romance. Ryan, didn't, yeah. Yeah, so... So that was definitely a wig, but damn, it looked real. Yeah, they it did was a good job. Good. It was, yeah, it was a good wig. I mean, it wasn't some of those. Sometimes those wigs, man, you can you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah that's that's not good. But uh, this one, this one, you didn't even know. Yep. Um, on and and I'm gonna say this just because I thought it was weird. Or I, so, uh, Raph, Raph, Rafe, Rafe. There we go. Rafe. No, Rafe. Fiennes. Fines. Whatever. Um, with his long hair, 
he he looked like Bradley Cooper from time to time. He did. He did. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Good. It wasn't it wasn't just me. <laughs> yeah, he does especially since it was a little bit lighter. It was a yeah. kind of a dirty blonde. Yeah. yeah, he did. He did have kind of this this Bradley Cooper look about him. He did. I I was thinking, uh, uh, yeah, if if those two stood side by side with the same sort of long hair that you know that Bradley Cooper's had before, and and Ray had Rafe had in this one, you would think that they were related in some way. Yeah, yeah, because they they look strangely similar. But couldn't they're not. Say that now. No, they're not. You couldn't say that now. I mean, they, Ray, Rafe's got a totally different uh, look now. But Well, yeah, he's aged a bit. Yeah, he has. He has aged a bit. But, man, ooh, maybe they'll remake this. Bradley Cooper in there. Um, <laughs> Angela Bassett could keep playing her character. Yeah, she could, she could yeah, reprise her fine. role. Yeah, she'd yeah. be... She just fit little, right in. Yeah, a little bit of makeup, and and you'd young her up really easily. Yeah, because um, I mean she doesn't need much. Just hide a few of. She's got a little bit of wrinkles going on in the face, uh, around the eyes, you know. But, uh, you know, shoot, Juliet so, Lewis. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Juliet Lewis uh, has aged a bit more, probably. Yeah. 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 Yeah, she's she's got a little bit of. Um, I'm looking at something from 2010, and even in 2010, she has she she has matured quite a bit. Yeah, she's she doesn't have that young face that she did in the this one. So uh, Michael Wincott, you recognize him from anything else? Mike Michael Michael Wincott. Um, hold on, I don't know names. I know faces. Michael Wincott. He played um, the boyfriend. He played Philo oh. Gant. Oh, Philo Gant, yeah. Um God, what was he in? Hold on. Yeah, he's very recognizable. I just I can't place him in what is a movie that I've seen him in. So Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Yes, yes, yes. Um he was also in um Alien Resurrection. Yep, he was in Alien uh, Resurrection. I remembered him from Alien. I couldn't remember which one. Uh, let's see. Hit Hitchcock. Oh, uh, no, that's a different one. I've never that's seen not, that one. I was thinking Hancock. Never oh, heard. Hancock. I was, I was like, <laughs> um, let's see. He's also in The Crow. The Crow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Three Musketeers. I remember from that one. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, he, he has a. He has a recognizable face, but he's one of those like kind of in the background type of deals. Yeah, I don't think he's ever really played a, a leading character. He's mm-hmm. more of a supporting role. Uh, he was Old Bill in Westworld, apparently. Old Bill. I don't know who Old Bill is, but it just says Old Bill. I don't know. Yeah, I don't remember that. Who is Old Bill? Bill? Old Bill was the old Western dude that was in storage, I believe, in the first season. Like, they go down into storage to to fix somebody up, and he's down... Oh, uh, Teddy, I guess. Teddy. Teddy, yeah. They were fixing Teddy up or whatever, and Old Bill was down there. He was one of the... La- the the oh, right. He was one of the very early prototypes. Right, right. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I kind of remember yeah. that now. Yeah, you look him up. Uh, yeah, he's he was one of the older prototypes, uh, first prototypes. He still kind of looked the, mechanical, too. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, he was down in storage. Yeah, okay. Um, I didn't realize that was Michael yeah. Wincott. I didn't either until I, it, uh, I saw it was old Bill. I was like, oh, that guy. Yeah. So, yeah, he he's kind of not a – he's been around, but he hasn't been around, you know – He's not recognizable. I mean, I recognize him every time I see oh, him, yeah. except yeah, in yeah, Westworld, yeah. obviously. But yeah, yeah, I recognized him. It's just you know, I couldn't tell you what his name was. But I'm like, <laughs> oh, that guy, right? Yeah, that. Same guy. with um, you know, you had Edgar. Edgar was in there, looking a little less dead, um, a little younger. Edgar. Yeah, Vincent. Oh, Vincent DeForn. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dion Frio. Dion Frio. Yeah. Yeah, Kingpin. Yep, yep. In fact, you know, that's how Kingpin started. He he started as a cop. That's right. Um, sure. Yeah, in LA and then moved, <laughs> and then his moved crime to syndicate. Moved to over New to New York. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Business was bad in LA. Well, yeah, after you get recorded yeah. shooting uh shooting mm-hmm. a civil rights activist, yeah. Right, right, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but All right, what do you think of the soundtrack? Cuz this is one of the Better um, movie soundtracks, in my opinion. So, it was good. Um, I didn't... This soundtrack was kicking. I had forgotten that Deep Forest was on this soundtrack. Yeah, I... None of it stood out to me, which is which is good in terms of, like, you know, it wasn't... It, it, it matched with the times. Right? So, it was... It... Uh, it went very well with what they were doing. Um, Did you ever I listen thought, to any of this music? Um, I'm looking at it right now. Um, so did you ever listen to anything like, mm-mm. you know, techno trip hop? No, not really. Not really. Not, not, uh, not at that time. I was only like 10. <laughs> oh yeah. I guess that's I was, true. Uh, I was okay. I was 13. But, um, yeah. So at 13, that would have been where you started to no, branch into really. to music. No, not, not you. Not, not really. Not that much. Um, I listened to, I guess what would now be, uh, well here it's one Oh two nine. So it was like, it was mixed one Oh two nine. So, uh, so it was 80s pop. and yeah. Eighties, nineties, pop type stuff. Um, hell, my first CD was Ace of Bass. If that tells you anything. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. No, no, it's all right. And Hey, I liked, I liked the sign. Um, you know, the one that I didn't like as much was, um, you know, all that she wants. God damn another you. Baby. God damn She's gone tomorrow. Oh, boy. For fuck you. Hey, Oh God damn you! Uh, yeah, yeah. Sleep on that little earworm tonight, buddy. Fuck you. Yeah, yeah, I had a lot of these. I still do have a lot of these artists. Yeah. So, um, I have many Lords of Acid albums. Have many Deep Forest albums. Um, let's see who else is on here. Juliet Lewis did. Uh, yeah, so one. Juliet Lewis actually sang one of the uh, PJ Harvey songs, Hardly Wait. Well, she sang two of them. So yeah. there was uh, Rid of Me and Hardly Wait. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Um, she she actually did a really good job, I thought. And that's one of the reasons that they cast Juliette Lewis for the role is because she could sing and they didn't want her to, they want lip syncing in the movie. Yeah. Okay. So she actually sang those songs. That's good. I that's love good the, uh, I love the remake of strange days or the cover of strange days. Yeah. The music was good. It was, it was not, um, it was not distracting in terms of not matching the setting tone or, or, or yeah. Yeah. The genre, I guess, or whatever, you know, it, it didn't, it didn't go against what was happening. Right. You know, so I thought it, I thought it did a good job. So how do you think this, or you may have already looked this up. Oh, if this did, did terribly. Yeah. Yeah. This oh, did this, terribly at the box office. Well, oh why my do you gosh, think that is? 40, 42 million budget, 8 million at the box office. I, I don't know. I don't know what it was up against when it came out. Um, I don't know what kind of what kind of marketing they had going on. Um, I could see, I could see people getting a little bit turned off by the, you know, the rape scenes or you know, and the 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 voyeurism aspect and maybe even a little bit of the racism stuff. Um, but, um, I don't, I don't know why it wouldn't, why it wouldn't, uh, have done as well. Um, it's a, it's a pretty typical nineties movie. It's not like it's, um, I don't know that I would call it a, Typical '90s movie. Well, uh, well, I mean, in terms of uh, it wasn't it wasn't out there and just completely out in left field. Yeah, you know, it, it was a that. typical it was a typical '90s movie in terms of just uh, maybe not the subject matter or anything like that, but the, the way it was shot or or portrayed. Yeah, you know? it wasn't it wasn't. Like avant garde or way out right. of mainstream, like uh, right. like uh, there, what would be what a what would be a oh so something like uh, Fire Walk with Me that would be just way out of the mainstream, right? Right. That's what I was trying to say. It's more of a it, it was a mainstream. It had a mainstream feel to it, right? Um, so I don't. I'm not. I'm not sure why. Um, you know, yeah, the I, critics I, hated it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why they hated it necessarily. I'm not um, sure either. Wasn't terrible. Um, it, now it this gained was, a cult following, and so it's yeah. it's actually better in the kind of review aggregates now. But yeah, and this was uh, this was um, Kate Bigelow or Catherine Bigelow, um, who's done yeah. some pretty decent stuff here recently yeah because um, she was kind of fucked by this movie uh, oh man man it it, it heard she tanked after that i mean so this kind of tanked her uh she did point break um she directed point break prior to this which was she did blue steel too blue steel yeah so she did some decent stuff um and then you get to she does strange days which kind of went uh you know and you're like okay she didn't do anything else until 2000. Yep. Um, well, she didn't direct anything else. She, she wrote Undertow. 
Yeah. She didn't direct anything else until 2000. Um, and then she directed uh, K-19 Widowmaker, which stra- strangely enough is uh, where I got my gaming handle from. Um, <laughs> I'm telling you, I, I was. I had to come up with something. I, I didn't even think about like, you know, killing you know, killing people and making you a wit making them a widow um, type of deal. It was I, I had watched this particular movie and I thought, hey, that's a good handle. Um, but she did that. Uh Heart Locker, uh Zero Dark Thirty. Um, those were all real good. I mean, hell, they were Hurt Locker and Zero Dark Thirty Academy Award for Best uh Picture. Yeah, Hurt going. Locker got Best Picture and Zero Dark no, Thirty was nominated. Nominated. Yeah. 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 So, you know, she, she knew what she was doing, um, later, you know, so yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that this was the same person until I started doing some research. I was like, wow, this isn't like anything. This isn't her style yeah. necessarily any that, or at least it's not her, her style now. Well, it's it's not the it, it is her style. I mean, you you can see some stylistic pieces. You can yeah. see some stylistic uh, similarities between like Blue Steel, Point Break, and Strange Days. Yes, um, but this isn't her typical story back then. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that was kind of influenced by her then husband James Cameron, who wrote the story. Right, right, and and Cameron just trying to give her a break or something or keep it in the family. Right. Well, I, I mean, Cameron back then was more on the writing side, right? Uh, was he? Yeah. I don't think had, he, had he, had he started dur- when did he start directing? No, I guess he was directing. Had, well, shit. Hold on. Um, he directed aliens in 86, the abyss in 89, Terminator two, True Lies. So he had four, five, the Terminator. He had five, five directings prior to the release of this one. Yeah, but he wrote all of those too. Okay. And that was just a quick, uh, True Lies. Uh, oh, wait, no, let me look at, yeah, True Lies, Terminator, The Abyss, Aliens, Rambo, First Blood Part Two. So I wonder why he didn't direct this as well. I don't, I don't know. Um, oh, fuck. He actually, he actually wrote Rambo first blood part two. Apparently. Sorry. That was, <laughs> that was terrible. Um, Yeah, so I'm I'm curious as to why he didn't direct this. I mean, maybe he just yeah, maybe he wanted to throw a movie Catherine's way, or maybe she requested to direct it. Maybe she liked it that much. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Final thoughts. I mean, it's not terrible. Um, it's not. I'm not going to pick it up again. But it it wasn't it wasn't terrible. You're not going to pick it up again, so you wouldn't watch it again. Um, didn't you know, have enough if, boobs for you. Yeah, I was gonna say if I'm if I'm if for some strange reason my hard drive crashed, um, I might pick it up again. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, it, it, it was it was I was I was surprisingly 
okay with this movie. All right. Well, because I watched a trailer before watching this and I'm like, Oh God. (laughs) And that may be why people didn't go watch it. Because if it's the same trailer that you watched and it's not representative of the movie, because I think I, I remember the trailer that you're talking about and it does not represent the movie very well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That may be why it, it was a fucking poor. That may uh, be. It, poor it, showing it at the box office. Yeah, it really didn't. You know, back then it was all about high stakes. The, the trailers were always in a world. Right. Where LA is burning. So like today. Like today or tomorrow. Doesn't matter. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, it wasn't bad. I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, this is this is actually one of my probably top ten sci-fi movies. Okay. All right, uh, you got a haiku for us this week. I'm supposed to. That doesn't mean that you do. Oh, but I do. Oh well, why don't you lay it on us? All right, this one is titled "The End Times." Black market head trips. Y2K will fuck shit up. <laughs> Show me the booby. <laughs> so I was either going to title it the end times or, um, um, booby McGuire. <laughs> booby McGuire. Yeah. I went with the end times. It, yeah. Yeah. It, it's a little it more poetic. It, yeah. And it didn't really like give away the punchline. <laughs> All right. You got any, uh, awards? Mm-hmm, I do. All right. Who's got your head lush or I'm sorry, your black lung. Black Lung, I'm giving it to Faith uh, in the VIP uh, section there, um, smoking it up. Blew a nice little uh, smoke ring at one point. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I think Faith's going to get mine too. She was she was definitely smoking more than anybody else that I saw in yes. the movie. But everybody in that VIP area was smoking a little something. It was yes, either a they cigarette were. or a blunt or, yeah, they were, they were smoking something. Yes. All right, head lush. Um, I'm going to give it to Lenny uh, for his vodka and Skinamax. Yeah, that's who's getting mine for the same fucking reason. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, it was cheap vodka, too. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Player. Um, This one's going to go to Faith uh, because she dropped Lenny like a bad habit, but he keeps coming on back. Okay. Okay. You know, so she's got she's got a hold on him. I had two. I had two ways to go, but I went with faith on this one. Yeah. So mine's gonna go to Lenny. Okay. Um, because through just, I guess he was he was definitely some sort of crooked cop because he got like marched out of the uh, marched out of the police department, mm-hmm. and he was he was on the vice squad. So something happened. He got. Uh, he got shit canned, but he, he apparently touched a few lives while he was, he was a cop. He was probably one of those kind of, you know, doing shit on the side that he probably shouldn't have, but still kind of nice to people, right? Corrupted cops because, uh, Mace was definitely in love with him and you could tell that pretty early on in the movie. Yes. Um, when she was like putting up with his shit and still coming back for more. Um, 
And then you kind of get a, a flashback scene of him interacting with her kid during the raid where they took away uh, her boyfriend. So Right, right. Yeah. That so, was going to be my second choice was Lenny yeah. because of Mace hanging around like a puppy dog. And he seems oblivious to it the entire fucking film until oh, yeah. right at the end. In and, fact... And, until she gets beat up. <laughs> yeah, and, and in fact... <laughs> he he's so oblivious. He asks her, have you ever been in love with somebody who didn't love right. you back? And she looks him straight in the eye and goes, yeah, 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 I have dumbass. <laughs> you fucking moron. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, who gets your purple hippo? Um, so it was a tie, but, uh, it's going to go to Philo Gant for getting microwaved. <laughs> Okay. Is it gonna be him or or trick? Trick? Yeah, trip. Trick. Tick. Tick. Yeah, yeah. Tick. For the same reason, getting microwaved. So that's a good one. Uh, that's definitely yeah. a good one. I mean, it's it's literally mind blowing. Mm-hmm. Um. So mine is going to go to Mace for the first time that she's ever done any kind of mind jacking. Oh yeah. It's to watch and experience uh, somebody that she actually looked up to shot. Yeah. getting shot in the fucking head. Yeah. 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 So, and then the, I had another one that I was thinking of, um, but I didn't want to condone rape. Um, and that was um, Sizemore's character watching the tape of him raping the girl. And reliving everything and getting off on it all over again. Yeah, that was kind of fucked up. That was that was messed up, and I didn't want to. I didn't want to congratulate him for that. Now I will congratulate the the writers slash directors and all that, and actually Sizemore himself for portraying that and and how messed up that ends up being later on. You yeah. know, after the fact, when you start thinking about this, you're like, dude just watched himself getting off and killing somebody and was obviously aroused by it when he watched it the first time. Yeah. Or so, the next time. question. Uh-huh. Did you figure out that it was uh, Max that was doing those killings? I did not. Um, I was thinking, I honestly, I was thinking it was Philo up until you found him microwaved right um i was thinking it was philo i didn't think it was some other ancillary character or anything like that i didn't think it was one of the cops or anything because um, they gave you a major clue to it early in the movie how's that well so if you'll remember the first time that we see max he's talking to lenny in the bar and he's talking about how he's on a police pension because somebody put a 22 caliber bullet in the back of his skull right Okay. And then yeah. later on, whenever Lenny takes the the first tape over to Tick to get it analyzed, and Tick says there's something wrong with this dude's brain because uh, the color yeah. saturation is off. So he's either got some brain damage or a tumor or, or something. Can't, or is colorblind. Right. That's when you put two and two together and go, yeah. Oh, okay, so maybe this is maybe this is Max. Yeah, I had a hard I had a hard time following it at, at the beginning. Um, yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of fucking information. Well, that, and there was a lot of background noise, um, in that first bar scene. 
mm, mm, yeah, um, yeah. that kind of made it hard to follow what exactly, like I got the gist of it. I just didn't catch the particular, you know, the, the fine details as far right. as what they were saying. Right. I was, I was still trying to wrap my head around the squid thing and all that other stuff. I was like, you know, maybe I'd pick it up on the second time around, but right. You know, some of that stuff just, whoosh. and, and I guess it's, it's supposed to be an offhanded comment, you know? Right. So. All right. Well, we I guess it's pick. time. We need oh, to wait, pick. wait, 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 no. Yeah, we need to pick. Well, I, I tell pick, you what, I pick Picard season three. Uh, no, I pick Picard season three, two episodes at a time. All right, let's do that. Perfect. All right, starting next episode, we are going to be re- uh, reviewing Picard season three. We're going to be doing it two episodes at a time because we l- release every other week. And, uh, and yeah. it makes it nice and pretty. Yeah. And so it makes it nice and pretty. And so next episode, we will be reviewing Picard season three, episodes one and two, where Picard gets the band back together and they go on a world tour. Mm -hmm. It is Picard season three, the high school reunion. (laughs) All right. Well, that's got it for this episode. Our intro and outro music is Welcome Home by Cambo. Podcrawl music is Snack Mix My Machete. If you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. You can leave us feedback on our Discord channel at smokinganddrinkinginspace.com forward slash Discord, on Twitter at status underscore podcast, or you can email us at smokinganddrinkinginspace at outlook.com. If you'd like to throw a few nickels our way, you can become a Patreon supporter by going to smokinganddrinkinginspace.com forward slash Patreon. For this week, I'm Jason. Um, I, I wish that was, I don't know. Juliet, call me. <laughs> She's not gonna call you. That's <laughs> uh, true. That's that's true. All right, we'll talk to you next episode.